0: the Opportunity we have to come somewhere and surrender to you. This church, and I'm just so thankful for the students that decided to come here to hear about you. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a Bible, please open up to Mark 14. It's been a minute. Since I have uh, had the opportunity to speak to you guys, and I'm very excited about uh, being back at Live. Brett, outstanding as usual. Here's Brett's pick. It's a pretty cool deal, I guess. A lot of people wanted that. Um, you can have it. He signed it. That's his pick right there, that hair pick. Um, Brett, great job. Awesome job. Give it up for those guys. AJ Malvi, the, the, the girl right here, is headed to Hillsong uh, in a few a few weeks, a few weeks. She's, she's heading to school, she's going to Hillsong, that's in Australia. And uh, so I guess she'll come back with an Australian accent. That'll be cool, sing with an Australian accent. But we're starting a series called Let's Go. And the reason for that is because I say that a lot. I, I, I text it, I, I say it, I... Say it. And there's a reason that I do. And I want to just, I don't know, its just kind of, hey, let's go. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. But I really want you to know what I mean most of the time when I say that. When I say, hey, let's go to Sonic, that just means let's go to Sonic. But there's other times when I'm going to be like, hey, let's go. Let's go. And so I want to tell you, I want to read you where all this is coming from. It's in Mark 14, 32. In verse 32, they went to a place called Gethsemane. And that place called Gethsemane, that word right there actually means press, olive press. And so at this moment right here, and where we see is that Jesus is about to be pressed. He, he, he's about to be pressed like crazy. And so we see right here that he's going to this place called The press, the olive press. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter and James and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He's being pressed. Students understand that, adults understand that. He is being pressed. My soul, this is Jesus Christ saying, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And if I asked you right now, have you ever been there before? Have you ever been to the press moment in your life where you are just being pressed where you feel like your soul is overwhelmed, where you feel like you don't know what else you can do, you feel like everything in your life is just over, and you're just like, ah, I have nothing, I am nothing, no one cares about me, where you are being pressed. It happened to Jesus, and so I know that it happens to us. He is being pressed. Our world right now Is not in good shape. I don't know if you know that or not, but there's a lot of horrible things happening, which we will get to here in a little bit. And our culture and our world is being pressed. He said to them, Stay here while I stay here and keep watch. Verse 35, going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him. Verse 36, Abba, Father. He said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. He's like, Dad, this is so hard. I'm sitting here and I know what's coming. Because what Jesus is going through is he knows what's coming. He knows what's about to happen. He knows that he's about to be turned over. He knows that he's about to go to the cross. He knows it's about to hurt. He knows that. He's like, he's like, Dad, Seriously. Please take this, that's Jesus. He is saying, I am being pressed, help me. Verse 37, then he returned to his disciples. So he's going, he's being pressed like crazy and he comes back to his disciples who he said, hey, y'all hang out here and I need y'all to pray. Y'all just hang out here and pray for a little bit. So he comes back to them and here's what we see in verse 37, he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. It's a bad deal when Jesus says, hey, hang out here. When Jesus, okay? Like if like if your mom or dad says, hey, I need you to pray, okay, pray before you go to bed. Cool, mom, got it, done, no problem. And you come back and you're asleep. That's kind of cool, all right? But when Jesus says, hey, stay here and pray, and you fall asleep on Jesus, that's an awkward thing to wake up to. Oh, sorry, I was I was asleep praying. Look what he says. He returned and he found him sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, Are you asleep? Jesus, I mean, come on. You know the answer, dude, all right? You you, you knew this was gonna happen before it even happened. Are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He's saying, hey, I am asking you, please, I'm going through it right now. Will you just be praying for me? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Like, we want to do what's right. And we see right here, we want to do these things. We want to do what Christ asks us to do. We want to be doing everything right. We want to. Our spirit says, yes, we want to, but the truth is our flesh is weak. That's real life for us right now. Like we always want to do the right thing, but there's moments when we've messed up because our flesh is weak. That's what he tells Peter. He's like, "I, I know it's hard, but will you just do this for me? Once more he went away in verse 39. Once more he went away and he prayed the same thing. He prayed, God, please, please. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? And then we see here, we see here. Enough. No, 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 no. There's an exclamation point. Which means he said, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come, period. He's like, you're sleeping, you're resting, here's the deal. Enough. The hour has come. Look, the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Verse 42, rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Rise, let's go. Let's go. Wake up. It's time to go. That's what he's saying and and, and I know, dude, why are you yelling? Why are you so loud right now? Because there's exclamation points. Punctuation means everything. If you're in high school, I gave an English lesson this past Sunday. I taught punctuation. You know that, y'all. Text messages. When I send a text message, there's always a period at the end of every word. I'm not mad. People are like, oh, you're mad. You said hello, period. You're mad. That's a mad hello. No, it just put a period there. I don't know even how, how it happens. Like double spit. I don't know. I'm not mad. Like if you're about to ask a girl out on a date, or no, this is weird. Let's flip it. Where a girl asks you out, dudes, all right. She says, hey, you want to go to dinner, period? You're like, oh, no. No, God, it's a bad dinner. I don't want to go to that dinner. She, it's not a good dinner. That's the period. The exclamation point, you want to go to dinner, exclamation point? You're like, yes, dinner. Punctuation means a lot. And we see exclamation points. Jesus wasn't like, all right, let's go. Come on. But we laugh because that is what we do most of our lives as Christians we just kind of arise and we go we're just kind of going we're just i'm am awake and I'm going I love Jesus There's an exclamation point here for a reason Because when he says let's go, here's where they're going, is they're going straight to the cross as you've heard me say before. They're going straight to the cross. Our world is dying, y'all. Right now, I'm going to just see what the latest news is. Our world is uh it's not it's not really good. And this is I don't know what I'm about to find, but here I'm just going to look up the latest news. Uh we got a right now a tornado in Garland, Texas right now. Right now, a tornado. Um Calvin Johnson, he wants to retire. He's Who cares? Murder in Chicago. Al-Qaeda says, hey, I want to do something bad to you. ISIS makes a video. Someone shot their two-year-old. Two adults and three juveniles. Charged and killing. Family of five. That's right now. That's, that's, that's right now on my newsfeed. You guys, our world, no matter how you want to look through it, well, I look at the world through Jesus' eyes. Wake up! You're not Jesus. Our world is dying. Things are happening around us. And we're just like, arise, let's go. Let's go to church. (laughs) It'll be great. Maybe we'll get a free shirt. Let's just, let's go to beach retreat. Let's go to jump. Let's go to giggle. Let's go to school. Let's go to, let's let's just go to work. Let's do this. When the whole time, we should be going with a purpose to everything we do. Jesus knew where he was going with his disciples at that moment. He had a plan, arise, let's go. He knew where he was going. And I have messed up. I completely messed up. Last year, last January, I sat in a meeting with my entire staff. And this breaks my soul that I did this. Because I feel like I blew it. I sat in a meeting last January, 2015. Woo, 2015. And this is what I said. And my team let me say this. It's on me though. I said this. I said, we're gonna go an entire year and we're not gonna tell the students to invite their friends to church. We're not gonna say it. We're just not gonna say it. We're gonna work really hard. Key moments, fall riot, beach treat. but everything else, we're just not gonna say it. We're gonna see what happens. We're not gonna teach you guys how to bring your friends to church. I literally said that and the staff that are still here will remember that conversation because we all said yeah that's a good idea. And that's a really bad idea. That's a horrible idea. And God did great things in the year 2015. Baptized more students than we've ever baptized. Saw kids come to Christ like crazy. We man I mean live blew up more than ever. I mean it, we opened a whole other campus in Katy and nothing changed here. It was just amazing what God did. Story after story after story after story but I taught you guys absolutely nothing about let's go. And so I just want you to know, 2016, it's about let's go. And it's about you going and telling people and bringing them here. Why, because I love it here. Also, I got lazy last year, I got lazy and everybody let me get lazy and that bothers me. I would love for someone to say, hey bro, why don't you pick it up? There's a few people that would do that. And it hurts, but I got lazy. I stopped communicating as much as I've, I, I normally do. Last year, I didn't speak on this stage hardly at all. I gave it up to some incredible people. My team, love them. When they were speaking up here, I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing right now? I love to communicate. I love to tell people about Jesus. Maybe you don't love that I do it, don't really care. I'm doing it because Jesus has put in my heart to do it and I got to do it more. So I have told my team, and they may not like it, but you know what? That's what it is. I I can't help but I'm going to speak up here on the stage a lot, and on Sunday morning for high school, this ugly mug. You're going to see me all the time. If you're a ninth through twelfth grader, hey, this is all you get. I know Land and all those other guys are way better looking than me. Too bad. All right. Really, just Land and all those other guys. Oof, oof. All right. Brett, he's up there, but he's like he got the cool factor. He can wear skinny jeans. And so I, I'm, just, I'm just confessing to you right now and I'm apologizing to you right now that last semester, I feel like I blew it as a leader. I don't normally feel that way. And so I have been dying inside to get that off my chest because that's how I do. I feel better when I just say, hey, I'm a failure. It just feels good to me. Like I'm like, all right, I feel free now. Let's go to Sonic. You know, I just feel better. But you need to understand, you need to hang on, you need to prepare. And if you don't like when I'm, what, what, where we're going this year, then there's a lot of awesome churches around here that you can go and be a part of. But as far as this youth ministry, this student ministry, we're going. We're going. Like, let's go all the time. Where are we going? Well, number one, you're going to go to your homes, and you're going to go to your schools, and you're going to go to sports places, and you're going to go places, and you're going to tell people about Jesus because you can't help it. I, I, was at, I was at a conference this past weekend, passion conference, changed my life. It's been, it's, I've gone since 1997, I'm old. Yes, it's a long time ago. But the guy speaking, one of the guys speaking, his name is Louis Giglio, and he's, he's changed my world and kind of, I just, he's awesome. And he said something really cool. He's like, you can't, you can't talk somebody out of what they love. You can't. You can't talk somebody out of what they love. I seriously love long john silvers. And no matter what you say, no matter what you say. Well, that's really bad. It's unhealthy. True. It's fattening. It's fried fish. That's not even I don't even know it's fish. Could be cat. It's great. It's great fried catfish <laughs> That's good. That was, that was accident. Total accident right there. That worked out well. Dog. We'll go with dog. Dogfish. I'm sure they have those. Evan would know. But you you could be like, "Michael, seriously, it's not good." I'd be like, "You're an idiot." Long John Silver's is amazing. That's where I go when I'm depressed. It feels good to eat it. it feels it really doesn't. Like you, I feel guilty afterwards, but I love it. All right? Like that's my thing when I'm depressed. My wife goes out of town, I'm sad. Where do I go? LJS. All right? No, I don't eat Taco Bell. It's disgusting. But you can't talk people out of what they love. You can't. Like there's some of you, like you're dating somebody right now. You're like, I love them. I I love them. And they love me and we've only been dating an hour. And your parents are like, you don't need to date them. Your best friend's like, what are you doing? They're seriously ugly. Like they smell bad. And you hear all these things and they're like, all this stuff about it. And you're like, don't care. I love them. And you're willing to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to stay with this person. You're grounded for like a year. You lost your keys to your car. Your phone's gone. All your clothes. It's just a weird deal. And you're like, I love you. They're going to write movies about us. We are a movie. And there's nothing they can do to talk you out of them, of, of, of out of you loving them. Are we that way with Christ. When we are at places, are we so in love with him that there's nothing in the world that makes us want to shut up about him? Well, my goal is that you, we will become a ministry that is like that. That all we care about is Christ. And that people, we may lose friends about it, but you're like, oh, that's cool, man. It's cool. But you should seriously come to church with me because it is awesome. So let's go. Right now, get in my car. Let's go. Do you love Christ that when nothing can talk you out of it? We see right here in 2 Samuel 11, and we're not really going to, I'm not going to read the verses to you, but it's David and Bathsheba. And just let me tell you what happened here. Because if we are going to go anywhere, if we're going to, Go and tell people, if we're going to go and bring people, if we're going to go and do anything, we got to take care of ourselves first. And for the next four weeks, we're going to work on us. Then after that, we're going to take another step. But for the next four weeks, I want us to work on us. And tonight is all about denial. Dealing with denial. Denial is kind of like whenever you have a big old stain on your face or shirt or wherever, you're like, it's not there. It's not there, I don't have a stain there. People tell you, like, it's not there, yo, you don't know me. You got something on your face, you're like, oh, it's cool, don't worry about it. But everybody else sees that. Denial is pretty much saying, no, I'm right, you're wrong. I got this, you don't. Denial is whenever you know that you're struggling with a sin so badly, but you don't really want to stop doing it, so you just kind of deny that it's even a bad thing. You continue in that sin. David and Bathsheba. David, man, he's at the top of his game in the Old Testament. Things are going really well for him. He's up on a roof. He looks over to his, I don't know what side he looked over, and he sees this hot chick taking a bath. Name? Bathsheba. Why is she on a roof taking a bath? It's weird. Well, they didn't have like water heaters back then, okay? So they used the sun. The sun heated the bath water. He's like, "Oh, what's up, girl?" He asks his boy. He's like, "Hey, get her number. She is so fine. Get her number." Homeboy says, "Hey, uh, easy, bro. David, Dave, King Dave, Davy. I don't know. What they, probably call him David. Uh, David." He says, "Hey, uh, she's married." She's married, and uh, the dude she's married to is off at war right now. So let's just let's leave that alone. He goes, "No, bring her to me." Okay, at this moment right here, you know that David's got to have a little bit of struggle going on. Like, man, he's married. You're not supposed to, okay, with married people's people. So what happens? They have sex. She leaves. David is like, Oh, what's up? He gets a letter from her. Verse 5 says, This is horrible, man. For us to be like a text, I'm pregnant. Yeah. David's like, Huh? Psych, haha, you kidding? What's up? Gotcha. April Fools yeah. no, I'm pregnant with your baby. David immediately goes into denial. So what does he do? He calls the husband from war, brings him home. He says, hey, go get Uriah, bring him home. I need to talk to him. So he's like, cool, Uriah shows up. Hey, I'm meeting with the king. They have small talk. You read it in the Bible. They're like small talking right now. Like, so how's war? Cool. Kill anybody? Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like they're having small talk. He's like, I slept with your wife. He's thinking that. He didn't say that. He's like, oh, she's pregnant. He don't know that, but is it? oops, okay, she was on a bad, a bad deal. David's thinking all this. But instead of him telling her, because you kind of think, oh, that's cool. He's going to confess. He's going to deal with it. He's going to confess. And so he doesn't confess. He says, hey, why don't you go home tonight? Why don't you take a bath? As she says, wash your feet and go home. Here's why he wants him to go home. He wants him to go home because he's been at war for a long time away from his wife. So they, yeah, okay? Because if they, yeah, then maybe it's going to be his baby, Uriah's baby, not David's baby. You see what I'm saying? Smart. David's like, hey, well, you know what? Go home tonight. So he goes home, y'all, check this out. He goes home. This is the Michael Head version, all right? If it offends you that I'm not reading the scriptures, read it. I'm just doing it in my way. He goes home and doesn't happen. All right? Here's why. Uriah, good dude. He's a good guy. What does he do? He says, when he comes back to David, David's like, so how was your night? (laughs) Yeah, what's up? How was it? He's like, man, I... I slept outside on the mat. You slept outside on a mat? He said, yeah, here's why. Because everybody else is at war. All my friends are at war, and they're out there doing it, and they're out there sleeping in in terror, and they're scared. So I didn't want to go be with my wife because I wanted to honor them. Such a good guy. Brett, such a good guy. He's a good guy. If I'm David, I'm like, man. I slept with your wife and she's pregnant. Get it out of the open. But David keeps denying that it happened. He keeps denying that it happened. And so it goes deeper and it goes deeper. What does he do next? He says, you know what? Stay home for a little bit longer. He goes back. Doesn't happen. Comes back. So how <laughs> was it? Slept outside on the mat. He gets him drunk. David gets Uriah drunk. My doubt nothing happens. Such a good guy, Brett. He's a good dude. David's like, I don't know what to do. He has this denial, and he goes deeper, and notice what else happens. His sin gets stronger, because now he says, look, go back to the battlefield. What does he do when he goes back to the battlefield? He says, hey, put him on the front lines, pull everybody back, and when he's on the front lines, he needs to die. So what does he do? He dies. He dies. David's denial of what really happened and him not dealing with it caused a crazy cycle of sin. He got him drunk. He put him out and he killed the man on David's hands. And then we see, we we, we fast forward to the next chapter. And we hear a story. This guy named Nathan pretty much tells a story from God, to David, and says, man, you have serious, he tells a story about this guy not being good to another person, and David gets really mad about the story, he's like, I cannot believe that, that guy needs to be killed, I cannot believe he would treat somebody that bad, he needs to deal with what he has done, and Nathan says to him, Nathan says to him, he says, in verse 7, of 2 Samuel 12, verse 7, he says, David, you are that man, Fast forward a little bit more. David and Bathsheba get married. Fast forward a little bit more. The baby dies. Cause of all these different things. Denial will crush us. Denial will cause you into a spiral that you cannot get out of. When you deny that you're actually living your life right now as a complete crazy sinner, you're like, I am perfect, then you don't deal with everything that's going on around you. You can't, you live in denial. Stop denying things and let's start surrendering things. Because how are we supposed to go? How are we supposed to go and tell people? How are we supposed to go invite people when the entire time we are living this horrible life. We have these secret sins. We're doing all these things because you're just denying it. And you're like, oh, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. It will go away. I'll get better. It'll be okay. It's like when bills come in. Adults, you understand this. When you get a bunch of bills, you're like, I don't have the money right now. And so they go over here. Then they come back and like, I'm gonna wait another month. And then it just keeps piling up. And then what you owed the first time is now like a thousand times more. You're just denying it. You're just, oh, it's gonna go away. It'll be all right. So three different things that we do of denial. Check this out. If you're taking notes, which a lot of you are, and that's awesome, I want you to write these three words down, three words, disagree. People who deny, they disagree like crazy. They're always right. Like you could tell them J.J. Watt, like they would come to you and say, hey, J.J. Watt plays for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And you're like, no, he doesn't. Like, yeah, yeah, he does. And they would like all day, like, yes, he does. And then they're, gotten, then they realize, oh wait, he doesn't, he plays for the Texans. And then they just kind of stay in that though. They're like, oh, he plays, and you can't give up. You can't stop that because you don't want to look like an idiot. So you just kind of like, oh, he plays for the Cowboy. No matter what you say. In your mind, you're like, no, he doesn't. How about you shut your mouth and you just say, I'm wrong. It's okay to say you're wrong. It's okay to say I screwed up. That's okay. Our world doesn't do that. we, are gonna do that. Second thing, avoid. Disagree, avoid. We avoid people because we know or we avoid things or we avoid situations because of the sin in our life. I hate that. I've done it. I've done it. You see people and you're like, oh man, I've oh, it's not good what I did to them or didn't do to them or whatever and you kinda hide from them. Like some of y'all see me at the mall, you're like, yep, yeah, okay, whoa, there goes my head, whoa. You're like, smoking pot out in the corner, like, oh, he can't see me. Instead, they may ask me to come join you. Be nice. Okay? I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But stop avoiding it. Just being open, man. Just come be open with stuff. Stop avoiding people. When you start avoiding people, start avoiding God. Then the last thing is distract. Our world is so loud and so noisy and so disgusting. And we have for some of you, you may have a sin in your life, and so what do you do? You distract yourself from dealing with that. You distract, you just do so many other things. You're so busy with so many things, but you continue to do this one thing. You continue to deal with this one thing. You continue to struggle with this one thing, and you're so distracted, You're like, oh, it's going to go away. I'm just going to play video games. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to play sports. I'm just going to do this. Instead of dealing with the sin, or instead of dealing with the pain, instead of dealing with all these things that you have going on, you just kind of distract, you think it's gonna go away. Let me tell you something, it doesn't go away, it gets a lot worse, deal with it, deal with it. Stop making yourself busy and start dealing with it. Psalm 51 verse one says this, this is David. This is David after everything has happened. Check this out, y'all. This is David. He says, have mercy on me, oh God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. He is, he's coming clean right here. He's coming clean, he's like, I have messed up. I've messed up, I'm done denying that I screwed up. I have messed up. Wash me clean from my guilt, purify, purify me from my sin for recognize my rebellion it haunts me day and night some of you in this room right now you are haunted day and night by a pain by a sin by something going on in your life you're haunted by it constantly 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 against you and you alone have I sinned I've done what is evil in your sight you will be proved right in what you say And your judgment against me is just for I was born a sinner we're all born sinners hang with this we're all born sinners Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but your desire honesty from the womb, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there in the womb. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Give me back my joy again. How many of you need to say that tonight? Give me back my joy. Because you've lost it. And some of you in this room, you have lost your joy. David is saying, give me my joy back. How do we get our joy back? As we fall to our knees and we surrender. God, take this. And we're just reading, we're just reading this Psalm right here. Wash me clean, I'll be water in the snow. Oh, give me back my joy. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. That's David realizing I have all these things, and now I've got to give it up. I've messed up. And in this room right now, there are people. There are Christians There are non-Christians. And you have so much guilt. And you have so much things that are just pressed down. You haven't ever had the opportunity to seriously surrender that to God. And right now, I'm just going to go and say this it is eight o'clock, and I could care less what time it is, or who needs to go, or what homework you have tomorrow, because that's the noise that gets in the way from you dealing with Christ. Tonight, before we go, we need to surrender. So no one looking around right now.